hot sizzling summer, and when we think of summer, we think of a lot of different things, right? Uh, different things pop in our minds. We've been taught, we talked a little bit about the beach ball, and uh, the beach ball reminds us of having fun, right? It's colorful, it's uh, playful, and we remember that our God is a God of joy and a God of celebration, and that He saved us to put a smile on our face, right? And to remove the fear from our heart so that we can trust Him and know that in Him we are already receiving, right, the goal of, our, of, of the crown, of the prize that He's called us to, right? We're already, we're already in the, the line of eternity with Him. And that's a beautiful thing. That should bring joy to us, right, knowing that. Last week we, we talked about um, uh, swimming trunks, okay, and being dressed, being dressed or clothed in Christ. Right? Summer reminds us of a lot of things. And so today, today, um, because in, in uh, light of Bible camp, and uh, how many of you have kids or somebody who went to Bible camp this summer? Anybody? Some kids went. We've got some pictures on Facebook you can check out if you want to. But uh, we had some people go to camp, and Jules and I were there this past week in the heat, having a great time with some uh, third and fourth graders, having a, a ball. And so, so today, summer reminds us of... Um, Bible camps, Park Springs Camp in particular, okay? A place where we go, Park Springs Camp. Park Springs Camp, yeah, there you go. A place where we go, it's a place that we go to grow up in our faith, right? That's what we do, we grow in our faith. It's also, uh, camp's also a good chance for you to get away from home, right? Get away from home, and uh, mom says, go to camp. <laughs> and they get away from you for a little while, and that space is a good thing, right? Get away, and just get away from the things of the world, and focus your heart and your mind on camp, right? On, on Jesus and on things like that. Well, so this week uh, at our camp, uh, three-day camp with our third and fourth graders, our theme was to rise above, rise above, rise above, and particularly rise above our fears, to rise above our fears. And so that's what I want to share with you this morning, a little bit about rising above our fears. Because, you know, even from little people all the way to adults, there's things that cause us to fear. You know, the devil's real good at, at scaring us, right? At throwing stuff in our path that could cause us to stumble, right? Cause us to be afraid. So think for a minute, uh, what are the things that cause you to be afraid? What are the things that cause you to be afraid? What pops in your mind? What jumps out at you? Huh? Snakes. Okay, the kids said that, interestingly enough, yeah. What else? Snakes, okay, okay. Yeah. Lawyers. <laughs> rejection, okay, rejection. Large what? Crowds, okay, large crowds, yes. Public speaking, maybe. What did you guys, somebody say something over here? Cole, did you say something? What makes you afraid, Cole? Life makes you afraid. Lots of things. Maybe loss or sickness, right? Uh, disease, maybe, you know, maybe for your, your family or your friends, your children, you know, they're off in another part of the world and you're, you, gotta th- you think about them, you worry about them and your grandkids and all the people in your life that, that you can't control what's going on in their life. It's easy for us to feel afraid. Right, So I want to share with you a couple things that I shared with third and fourth graders about our fears, about rising above our fears. And the first thing is this, number one is, in, in rising above our fears, is it takes a team. It takes a team, right? God didn't put us here to be by ourselves. He put us here to be with other people, right? To have a group of people around us that will help us 
get through life, get through hard times and enjoy the good times together, right? So it takes a, it takes a team. It really does take a group of people. And Jesus understood this, right? He knew that. And that's why when he came and began his ministry, he called people to himself, right? He, he built a team of 12 guys that, that he would pour his life into, that he would surround himself with. They'd like have each other's backs and he'd have their backs and he'd teach them things. He would, he would help them to understand things of heaven so that when he left, they could go on and spread the gospel. They could spread the good news, right? The truth. But Jesus understood and God understands that it takes a team. And we know that there's great strength in a group, right? One person on their own out there is probably going to get stepped on. But a group of people working together is stronger, right? It's like that, that chord that Ecclesiastes 4.12 says this. Check it out. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. That's a team, right? That's a team. That's what a team does. Whether it's a group of young people or a group of little people or a group of adults or your family or your church, in, in a team setting, there's no I in team, right? It's, it's a group. There's, there's the we. We are the team. And uh, God knows that we need that. Adam and Eve were a team. He gave them a family that became a team, right? And we, so we know that in that family, uh, there's strength. There's strength when you have people you can rely on. Uh, there's a text in Matthew chapter 4, uh, verses 18 to 19. Uh, Jesus created this team, right? And he had this band of brothers. Look what the passage says. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake. That's what they were doing. They were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I'll make you fish. Uh, I'll, I'll send you out to fish for people. And at once they left their nets and they followed him. So what is happening here? Jesus, Jesus knows that as he's come to do his ministry, he's not going to do it alone. So he's going to call some people together to be a group, to be a team. And, and he's going to pour himself into that group of people, people that he trusts, people that will trust him and that will learn to trust each other. And as a team, they're going to, they're going to be stronger together, right? Together, they're going to be able to conquer the world. And it's this band of brothers, right? It's this band of brothers. Check out this picture. There they are, like this group of guys that are stronger together. You can just see the strength in numbers just, just by looking at that picture. One person walking around can easily be broken, but a group of people working together, keeping each other accountable is much stronger, right? They're, these guys are like rock stars for God. That's what they are because they're working together for the kingdom of God, for a greater purpose. And how awesome is that? God created us for relationships. And, and in these relationships, what, what happens when you're a part of a group of people that are close? What happens? We sharpen each other, right? There's a little bit of protection for one another, okay? There should be uh, accountability for each other, that we keep each other on track. Like if we see each other slipping or, 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 or moving in the wrong direction, we help each other stay on track, right? That's what should happen. Right? That's what should happen among God's people, Christian people. And we can accomplish much more together with a group than we ever will on our own, which is why Jesus put together a team of people. And we, we, ha we also understand that we need to be careful. Uh, we need to be careful the friends we pick, right? The people we choose to hang out with, because, because sometimes 
friends lead us in the wrong direction. And if we're looking to be um, accepted or we're looking for popularity, right, uh, Tyler, like we talked about this morning, if that's what we're looking for, we're going to find it in the wrong ways, right? We're going to find it in people who are going to lead us in the wrong direction. So the key to number point number one is this, to fight our fears, you can't go at it alone. Okay, if you're gonna if you're gonna go at your fears, whatever it is that's coming at you, it really does take a team. You need some people. We all need some people in our life that will help us. Amen to that. Hopefully, you have some people in your life that will help you. And that's hard, isn't it? It's not easy to develop good friendships because we're not all alike, right? We're all a little bit different. Personalities don't always mesh very well. But when God puts people in your life that you do mesh with, Those are the ones that God wants in your life to help you and to help them make it through. Number two is this. When it comes to rising above our fears, face the things that scare you. Number two, face the things that scare you. You know, there's times that we need to like back away from things and take a break or go away and pray or go away and rethink what's going on. Sometimes we need to do that. But but sometimes we need to stand and face our fear. Because lots of times what fear is, is just this big wall of nothing. It's the devil just trying to tear you down, trying to knock you down, trying to scare you into retreating. And what what we need to do is just stand and face it. Every one of us have those things in our life that we're afraid of. We're all humans, and it's very real to have fears. And so what we should do is just like be honest, right? Just be honest and admit that you're afraid of this thing. Whatever it is, that's coming your way, okay? It might be making you anxious or causing you to be scared or something. And, and maybe you can think of something in your life that makes you afraid, that maybe that, that scared you. I don't know, probably in the past or maybe even today, something going on. Maybe you're going to get married and you're thinking, you're thinking um, do I really want to do this? <laughs> Right, you think you're going to have a kid, or you're, and are, am I ready to have a child? Uh, there's so many things. No, not you, Tyler. That wasn't meant for you. Okay, <laughs> uh, there's lots of things that we we are about to uh, embark on in life that could scare us. That could scare us. Um, when I was uh, when I was a kid, one of the things I, I, sh- I shared at camp was um, when I was a kid, me and my friend Timmy Staten, good friend of mine, he was my neighbor in Buffalo. And in Buffalo, all the homes were like really close together. Like his driveway was probably, the driveway of his, to his house was about as wide as this path. And our house was like right there and his house was right there. The, everything was that close together. And he and I were throwing a baseball in his driveway. And yeah, it got loose on me and it went through my living room window and, and broke the glass and went, the ball went into the living room. And I knew my dad was home, so I knew I was about to get in trouble. So Timmy and I ran and hid behind his garage. And, <laughs> and we were both back there shaking in our boots and uh, thinking, oh, just any minutes, <laughs> my dad's going to come around that corner and I'm going to get in big trouble. And sure enough, he came around the corner and sure enough, I got in big trouble. But uh, I was scared. I mean, we were afraid, right? We did something wrong and we were afraid of the consequence of what was going to happen. Mainly, my dad was going to say, are you that bad in aim? You can't, like, you got a driveway here. Can't you throw the ball straight, kid? Um, so it, it taught me in that moment to uh, throw the ball straighter as I grew up. But there's all, there's all kinds of things that make us afraid, right? Things that happen uh, or things that just happen to us, things out of our control that we didn't even do. 
that we're, we're just in life and they come at us. Maybe it's driving in a car and you're teaching your son or your daughter how to drive. And that's a scary time, right? Yeah, scary. <laughs> yes. Some of you, many of you are going through that right now in life, right? It's hard, especially if you're like trying to uh, teach them on a, uh, on a standard, right? Where they got to shift the gears and they're grinding it nice and like grinding all those gears off. You know, it's scary. It's scary what the, the damage they're doing to the car. Um, or the damage they could do to themselves when you are no longer with them. So it's scary. There's a lot of things that scare us, but the, the goal for us as Christian people is not to just escape fear or to just ignore fear, but to conquer fear, right? It's to conquer. That's what Jesus did. He came and he conquered. And with him in our lives, we can conquer these giants that seem to be giants in our life. So in, in the story of the, you know, Moses in the promised land, when, when Moses, God called Moses to deliver his people out of Egypt, right? And so they, they finally, through the plagues and all of the hardness of Pharaoh's heart, they leave, they leave the promised land and they cross over the sea and they're now like on their way, or they leave Egypt and they're on their way to the promised land, remember? And they get to the promised land and they've got, uh, they got a plan in place. They're going to send some spies into the land. Remember that? And so the spies go into the land to check out what's going on over there, and they come back to report, and remember, 10 of them, 10 of the spies are scared to death, and they give a negative report. We can't do it. They're too big. There's all these reasons why we can't, we can't conquer. We can't go in. We can't take the land. And two of them, remember who they were? Caleb and Joshua, they're like, no, yeah, we can do this. We got God on our side. doesn't matter how big they are. We can conquer this. So there's two guys standing there saying we can and 10 guys saying we can't. Well, check this out. Verse, um, in chapter 13, verse 30, what happens? Caleb quieted the people before Moses and he said, let us go up at once and occupy it for we are well, we are well able to overcome it. Now that's faith, right? I mean, because these guys, you know, the 10, their report wasn't like, like they put blinders on or they were making stuff up. They were, they were truly saying, look, I'm looking at us. I'm looking at them. We're in trouble if we try. And so the fear was very real. And, and the situation was real too. They weren't like making stuff up. The difference was they had no faith in God. They forgot that as they faced this fear, God was with them and God is bigger than all of them, right? So these two brave guys, they, they looked danger in the face and they said, I can do this. They said, with God's help, we can do this. And the really cool thing about it is because of that kind of faith, like when we're afraid and we say, I can do this with Christ, I can do all things with Christ, right? when we stand, God rewards that. When we fall back or retreat or run away, God doesn't reward that. He rewards faith. He rewards us as little humans as we stand before a big giant. And yeah, the odds say you can't do it, and, and the world around us is saying there's no way you're going to be able to do it, but with faith in God, we believe we can do it. God rewards that. Look what happens in chapter 14, verse 29. In this wilderness, all the people would die, so everyone that didn't believe, all the people would, would, would perish over the next 40 years. But verse 30, Now one of you will enter the land I swore with uplifted hand, to make your home accept Caleb and Joshua. So those two guys, because of their faith, were rewarded for standing and looking at danger square in the face and saying, we trust God. 
and, and we can do this. We can do this. Even though everything around us says that we can't do this. They believed that God would help them. And so here's a picture of Caleb and Joshua. They're standing among the people, and they're trying to say, we can do this. We, they're standing their ground, and they're saying, we can conquer. We can do this. Let's go. Let's take the land. So when things scare you, here's what you do. Remember these two guys. Be brave, right? Be brave. Stand your ground. Face your fear. You might be shaking in your boots, but face your fear. Face it. And know that God is with you. Third thing is this. When it comes to rising above your fear, number three is this. God has got our backs. Isn't that good to know? That no matter what, God's with us, right? We trust Him. Our faith is in Him. We're walking with Him. We believe in Him. We're doing our best to walk each day to honor Him. And He's got your back, right? Like a good friend, like a good soldier. He's right there with you. He sticks closer than a brother. That's what He does. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, look what God says. He says this, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I mean, maybe that's what we need to hear today. It's that no matter what you're facing, wherever you go today, or wherever you go tomorrow, the Lord is with you. The Lord your God, the creator of of everything is like with us. He's walking with us. He's with you at work, at play, whatever you're facing, your bills, your, your, your anxieties, your stresses, all the things that you feel, your emotions going crazy. The Lord, your God is with you. He is with you in the hills and in the valleys of life and in the fear. And so we can face tomorrow, right? We can face whatever comes right? Because we know he's with us. And not only is he with us, but he gives us the weapons and the ammo to fight the battle, doesn't he? It's one thing to have the weapons, but it's another thing to have the ammo to use with the weapons. Like, like every trade, every career, every job has tools to it, right? Cornelius, you, you work on um, systems, right? Putting in um, alarm systems or um, Wi-Fi systems. So you have your own tools that you use, right on? So um, let's see, who else has a job? Who's, anybody in the medical profession? Medical, medical people here? Okay, we got some past, some uh, nurses, ex-nurses. So what are some uh, web tools of the trade in the medical field? Stethoscopes, okay, good. IVs, IV hoods. Okay, that's cool, that's fine. Right? So all kinds of things, knives, scalpels, all kinds of things to cut people open, stitches, band-aids, packages, stuff like that. So every trade, no matter what it is, has its set of tools. Well, as we live in this world and we fight these battles and we're going to rise and we know God is with us, he's also given us the, a set of weapons to use, right? Tools of the trade as we stand and face our, our fears and fight against them, knowing God's with us. Here's what it says in Ephesians. Check this out. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Whose mighty power? His, right. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes because that's where they're coming from. Coming from the devil. His schemes, verse 12, for our struggles, not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against uh, the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you can run? No, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then 
with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. But notice these weapons that God provides for us, that, that he's got our back, he provides us with all the tools we need to fight. He says, though, stand your ground and fight. Don't, don't be so quick to run, right? Because, you know, a bully, a bully, the devil's a bully, right? So what he's going to do is intimidate you, right? He's going to try to intimidate us into cowarding away, to run away, to tuck our tail and run. And what God says is, don't do that. You stand with me, stand in my power, stand with my weapons, and the devil will be the one running. Right? If you just stand long enough, you stand your ground, and you stand on the word of God, and you put on the weaponry of God, and stand, the devil will realize he doesn't have a chance. Right? That's how we rise above our fears. See what God did? He, he, um, in, in Acts chapter 12, uh, there's a story about... Um, the, the early church is being persecuted and King Herod is arresting believers and he just had, remember, James put to death. Peter is thrown into prison, right? And he's heavily guarded by guards in the lower part of the prison. And, and the church is where? The church is praying over at Mary's house, right? They've gathered together. They're at Mary's house. They're praying for Peter. And the next thing that happens is God's got Peter's back. Right from, from nowhere, like how in the world is Peter ever going to get out of that dungeon surrounded by guards? James has just been put to death. Peter's on the chopping blocks next. Then Probably the next day he's going to die. And the angel of the Lord appears to him. All the chains fall off. He walks out of the prison totally free. Why? Because God has got our backs. When God said, I will be with you wherever you go, he was with Peter where he went. And he'll be with us as well, right? That's what we trust. That's what we know. We have seen it over and over and over again. So the key of, of all of this is, is be mindful that God has got your back, right? Stand your ground, face your fear, and remember God's got your back, right? Fourth thing is this. The fourth thing is this, that as we, as we strive to rise above our fears, that it's not just about us. That once, once we understand that, that God is with us, it's our job, our responsibility and our privilege to go help others rise as well. It's, it's not enough for us just to hold it in for us. It's not enough for us to say, man, God saved me. Thank you, Lord. And that's it. That's not the end of the story. It's just the beginning of the story. God saved you to save others. Right? It's a domino effect, and, you, and, and we can't let it stop at us. Somebody else, somebody else in our life shared Christ at some point. Other people God brought into our lives brought us to knowing who Jesus is, and now God wants us to go help others, right? So that's what a rescue mission is all about, right? Is going and helping people. When you go somewhere, whether it's a mission field or whatever it is uh, that somebody is in need and you go, you are rescuing them. Jesus came to this earth to rescue me, to rescue us, right? That's what he did. He left heaven and he went on a rescue mission for me and you because he loves us that much. He loves us that much, right? 
Right? He, he, he let go of heaven. Remember, he, he, he would not hold on to the things of God. He made himself nothing, Philippians 2 says. He took on a servanthood. He humbled himself to the point of death. He came as a baby. He taught the word of God and the kingdom of God. And he did miracles. And then he died on a cross for you and for me. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 says this. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. Right? He rescued us, and that means he saves us, right? He came to danger. He went into the danger to save you from the danger that surrounded you, right? The danger or the destruction. In Matthew 28, verse 5, um, we see this verse here that Jesus has risen. Look, the angel said to the women, remember right after he had rose from the dead and he, has, he had uh, came out of the tomb, do not be afraid. The angel's talking to the women. Don't be afraid, for I know that you're looking for Jesus who is crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So notice a couple things there. First of all, the angel says to the women, he has risen, right? Jesus is risen. And then he says to them, go and tell others. Go and tell the disciples. He didn't say, go keep it to yourself. He said, Jesus is risen. Go tell others, right? Go and tell others. Now, isn't it, isn't it awesome that, that, that we can face our fears? We can rise above our fears because Jesus has risen. Not only did he rise from the grave, but, but when he ascended into heaven, he rose back into heaven. Jesus leads the way to us rising from whatever might get us down on this earth. All right, and so what does God want us to do? Knowing that Jesus has done that for us, he wants us to go tell others, right? The, the, the angel says to the ladies, go, go and tell others that he has risen. Quickly, go tell them. So check out this next verse. Matthew 28, Jesus came to them. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, right? Later on in Matthew 28, this is, therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So what is our response to what Jesus has done for us? What is our response, Cole? Go. Thank you, Cole. Good job. Go. Go and tell others, right? Go and tell other people what Jesus has done for you. In Acts chapter 3, Peter and John, remember, they healed this blind man. And in Acts 4, they're arrested. And in Acts 4, verse 18, look what it says. Then they called them. So the church is being persecuted. Peter and John are coming before the, the leaders who, who want to do them harm. They called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all at the name of Jesus. Peter and John replied, which is right in, the God, in God's eyes to listen to you or to listen to him? Amen. You be the judge. As for us, we cannot help speaking what we have seen and heard. Right? Once you realize what God has done for you, like once we realize that as believers that, that Jesus died for me and, and the cross was for me, how can we help but go and tell others? We can't, right? Nothing can stop that. Nothing should get in the way of that. There are a lot of great things that we can go off and do with our life. We can go off and be kind, all kinds of things, right? If you're young, you could start whatever career you want. But the greatest thing that any of us could ever do is go and speak for Christ, right? Go and serve the, the world. Go and share the love of Christ with our friends, with people that we know, to share with them what God has done 
for them, right? That's the greatest thing that we could ever do is to go and serve the world. How can we do that? Well, there's a lot of ways we can do that. There's a lot of ways we can do that, but very practical ways. Here's a picture of a very practical way. The Good Samaritan story is a very practical way. Every one of us, every day, we see people. You know, we see people. They might not be on the side of the road. Some are down and out and beaten, but we see them if we're looking at the grocery store or wherever we work. We see them. They're there, and they're hurting, and, and people are walking by them. And God wants us to take the time to care for them, right? So we can, we can like be a superhero. We can be a superhero by serving the Lord. That's how. By going out and serving the Lord, we become heroes for God, right? Those, those early uh, apostles were like rock stars to us. They're like the, the superheroes of, of Jesus' ministry and his team. But you and I, God's looking for superheroes today. And we, we become superheroes when we go out and we serve people and we help people see the love of God. It's going to be a hot, sizzling summer. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. So go and rise above your fears. And while you're at it, while you're at it, help others rise above theirs. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much. You're so good to us. And we know that all of us, Father, face things in this world that are scary things that come our way that maybe we didn't even see coming. And all of a sudden, there they are. The devil has thrown another obstacle in our way or another, another uh, bad news of some sort that we have to deal with or put into our thinking. And Father, these things we know can get people down. We know they bring a lot of people down. But we pray, God, that you would help us to stand on your word and that we would stand in your power and your might and your spirit. That we would put on the full armor of God and take our stand against these, these things that might be coming up against us, whatever they may be. That you would give us wisdom to know how you want us to respond to each and every one of those things. God, we love you so much. Thank you for your son. Thank you for what Jesus has done for us. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that lives in us and empowers us to, to know you, to walk with you. Thank you for your word that teaches us your heart and your mind. God, help us to be more like you and to trust you in everything that comes our way on this earth. We love you so much. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name we pray.